Each man is capable of rendering high service to humanity, but whether humanity gets it from him or the reverse will ever remain for the world to decide. Now here I am, acting faithfully in accordance with my personalities and its boundaries. If you know how to use me, as my nature prescribes, I shall then yield you a permanent benefit. But if in your ignorance of yourself, and therefore of me, you do not put me to the best service, you will soon feel the penalty. Andrew Jackson Davis Thinking right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I think Homeboy thought he was Jesus for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Rumors and Confabulation. It's Isaac and Grady, and we're back. Uh, Going to talk once more. It's, let's call it like a continuation. Yeah, it's not exactly a part two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's let's like a spinoff. <laughs> you know, Andrew Jackson Davis. We're going to do much more loose. We're not going to go into biography or any, like, uh, life uh, of the of him. Uh, but we have... Uh, what we're really going to do here is... I've got the book here. Answers to Ever-Recurring Questions from the People. Written by Andrew Jackson Davis in 1868. Mm. And it is just a book where he answers people's questions. We're going to read the whole thing for you here. Today. It's going to be all 306 pages. Buckle up. <laughs> so I was just thinking, okay, because we had a lot of questions about like what exactly were his teachings, his mm-hmm. beliefs, um, and uh, you know just some things like that. So what I was thinking we would do today is we will read some of these questions and then his answers and see if we can make any sense of them. Because yes. I did read through some of it, and did it make any sense to you? Somewhat. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> uh, it's, it's not going to make much sense. So I'm going to see if maybe between the two of us, uh, we can we can kind of parcel right. through what he's getting after. Look, look at things from his worldview. From and his worldview, translate it to you straight from the the horse's mouth. Right is what we wanted to do, not just like our interpretation. Right. But I want to give you his exact words and then our interpretation mm. Mm. i like it i like so it. and then also uh we'll talk a little bit about Summerland in particular uh, a little bit about Summerland. oh yeah his cult thing his uh his heaven oh his, his heaven yeah but then there's a, mm-hmm. a cult thing that branched that right kind of, yeah so we'll get into that as yeah. well here yeah. um what was his cult called again the harmonialist brotherhood but he would didn't want to be a cult he leader he didn't really want to be a cult leader <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was um, uh, you know, a weird time. Yeah, a weird time yeah. in his life. You know, when people, everyone reaches that stage where a group of people want you to become a cult leader. Yeah, it happens to all of us. Yeah, um, he happened to say no. Most of us say yes. I say no like ninety percent <laughs> of the time, but there's like a ten percent where I have twenty cults. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, Grady, I'm going to ask you first, is there any one topic that you wanted some more clarity on? Huh. Or you're just curious what his view is of? 
And now, remember, most of this is going to be spiritualists. You know, Spiritual. Oh, okay. Uh, dang. Hmm. I, I, I can't. You you take it away. You take it well, away. Because I, I don't know what I want. I Honestly, I'd probably want Andrew Jackson Davis to stay far, far away from me. But... <laughs> Well, you're going to get him. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's he's here. Well, okay, what about, let's see. Let's yeah, what's see. it, what's it, where, so, okay, does he believe in purgatory? Uh, no, mm-hmm. because for him, well, let's look at the spirit world. The let's spirit start off with the spirit world. Yeah. Because that's where he really shines, is his talk on the spirit world. So let's he met Bright Eyes. Definition well. of spirit world. How about that? Okay, so let's let's start with this. Okay, where is the spirit world? Is the question. Okay. Well, here's the actual question. The actual question is worded: uh, Does the spirit of man ever enter the spirit world before the death of the mortal organism? Ooh. So this is: Do you ever get into the spirit world before you die? Ooh. Okay. Here's the answer: The spirit of man is never out of the spirit world. Never oh. out of it. By the spirit world, we do not mean the second sphere or summer land. Summer land is the second sphere. Why are they coming up with different names for heaven? Like, why, why, like, just not good enough? Oh, I'll, I'll answer. Okay. There's, yeah. there's yeah. a question about what the summer land is. So hmm. I'll, I'll, we'll do that next. By the term spirit world is meant the, quote, silver lining to the clouds of matter. Hmm. <laughs> with which the mind of man is thickly enveloped. There is no space between the spirit of man and his immense universe of inner life. Man's spirit touches the material world solely by means of spiritualized matter, both within and without his body. Thus, the five senses come in contact with matter. 1. The eyes by light. 2. The ears by atmosphere. 3. The taste by fluids. 4. The smell by odors. Five, the touch by vibration. Reflection will satisfy you that you, a spirit, never did and never can come in contact with solid matter. Matter must first be... He's really going for it. Mm. Matter must first be (laughs) attenuated and set in motion before you can reach out and take hold of it. Between your will and the solid rock at your feet, there are several... Gradations of matter, spiritualized, but less and less refined as you go downward until the lowest condition of life, i.e. vibration or motion, reaches and touches the stone. Um, Honestly, okay, the Summerland is a vast localized sphere within this universal spirit world. So he says basically okay. that everything we're always in a spirit world, right? Is that what we're right? Getting? I think yeah. That's what I'm getting. Death, okay. Death removes the cloud of matter from before your spiritual senses. Then you see, hear, taste, smell, and touch more palpably and intelligently the facts and forces of the world in which, perhaps as a stranger, you have lived from the first moment of your individualized existence. Hmm. So, uh, being a spirit in the spirit world, every moment man can face matter and mold it into countless shapes. So, he's saying that we live in a spirit world. Right. Everything around us is spirit. Hmm. Whenever we die, that's the actual world. Is that what he's saying? 
I think uh, if I was going to guess, he does he think like I assume, really start off. I, I assume he like there's spirits all around us, mm-hmm. and I would assume when a life is brought into this world, right? They probably like maybe a spirit inhabits that body. Okay. They're not saying like a new one is popped up. He's talking about the same spirits, right? Or well, yeah, I'm not sure if he maybe I'll look and see in here if he gets into reincarnation. Yeah, because I know that's something other spiritualists get into. Yeah, but I think that was a little more after mm-hmm. him. I don't really know if he ever really exactly spoke on reincarnation because I know that's definitely. Um, I know Edgar Casey. I remember he had this whole thing where it was like a river. The spirit world was like a river where right. all these spirits are just floating on this river. And then, like, a, a body, you know, a baby comes into life, mm-hmm. and the spirit's like, okay, next stop. Yeah. <laughs> and they get off, and... Hey, we got Gladius back there. Back, hey, you've been looking for a baby, ain't you? <laughs> get that one. <laughs> yeah, and so then yeah. these spirits just hop on, yeah. on the train and get into a baby. Hmm. And there they go, into their next life. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Seems legit. <laughs> He's winking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they can see me or not. So let's see the Summerland. Question. What do you mean by the expression Summerland? If you designate the heavenly world by this expression, why do you use these words more frequently than other terms such as spirit land, spirit world, etc.? Disneyland. <laughs> We're talking about Universal uh, Studios in the sky. Why don't you ever talk about it as Gatlinburg? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me about the Gatlinburg, Tennessee of the afterlife, please. Here's the answer. There is a philosophical reason for the expression Summerland. Mm. The difference between this world and the adjoining sphere is as wide and as marked as between the seasons of winter and summer. In this world, we find, at best, nothing but the rudiments of the next. Sickness and death terminate man's career on Earth. I like calling my life a career. Yeah, your career, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. In the next world, he can know by experience nothing of either death or sickness. The minutes of man's life on earth are counted by grains of iron and sand. In the next life, his time is measured by the ripples of love and wisdom. Mm. Oh, that's nice. That's sweet. Who who's revealing all this stuff to him? That's what I want to know. Is it is it Saint? is it that, that, uh, dang it, what was that guy's name in the, what was that guy's name in the, the, the afterlife? In the Swedenborg? Swedenborg. It is Swedenborg. And I'll, I'll get, yeah, I'll, I got some more to say about Swedenborg. Um, He's, this, this guy, this, yeah, yeah. I've got some stuff to say about Swedenborg, but let's say, let's get to Summerland first. Yeah, take me to Summerland, please. So evil converts the present life into a stormy winter. No. And the darkness of ignorance and suffering flings sadness over the whole race. Wow, he's really... He's, this is an illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep in mind, he was illiterate. He can't read. But in the next world, there is a summary... He didn't write any of this stuff. He couldn't proofread it. <laughs> <laughs> the next world, there is a summary bloom on the cheek of everyone, from the least to the greatest. And the song of the thronging millions is filled with the music of perpetual summer. But the time is coming on earth when the will of the great good, capital G, good, 
will be done as it is in the summer world. The realities of the upper life will at last shine into this life, and the, quote, kingdom of heaven will have come with its everlasting verdure, blending the two worlds so perfectly that every part of earth will be supremely blessed and beautiful. Until that holy day, with its omnipotent love and endless glory dawns all, all over the earth, it will be naturally and truthfully expressive by way of contrast to think and speak of the spirit world as the summer land. Hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. So, also, he does have a thing about animals in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. He says that basically everything that is in the real, that is in this world, is um, also in the spirit world. Yeah, right. Everything. Everything. It's just, it's like a mirror. It's the upside down. It's of, kind of like the, upside, it's except, the right side up. Except, yeah. Yeah, they, the right <laughs> side up. I like that. Okay. Um, that's good. So let's see what else. Let's 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 hmm. look at something else. I, they really blew it with their terminology because when they say spirit land or summer land, all I can think of is the Big Rock Candy Mountain. And you're really on about the Big Rock Candy Mountain. It's like the same thing to me. It's like oh, you're just coming <laughs> up with a funny name for it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's do that. It is kind of yeah. It does seem kind of yeah. like Andrew Jackson Davis said, "Calling it heaven is too simple." Hmm. Let's. I got. Let's just Summerland. Summerland. It's like yeah, it's the same thing, Dingo. Well, not the same thing, but it's like it's just a word, you know. Paradise. Um, so sorry, I didn't want to. Yeah. Didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to um, just talk a bit about him just for a second. Hmm. Back up just a second hmm. and talk about his later years because we really didn't really talk about his later years in the first episode we did. That much, except for the fact yeah. that he ditched his wife and yeah. got another... Uh, yeah, let's talk more. Let's. How many times um, can you find your true soulmate? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Well, I just wanted to read some a little bit about... Uh, this. There's this guy who investigated a lot of um, spiritualists and stuff, and his name is one of the best names I've ever heard. His name is Nandor Fodor. <laughs> really? Nandor Fodor. Uh, I think I brought him up in the Edgar Casey series uh, briefly because he did interact with Edgar Casey as well. But uh, he talked about Andrew Jackson Davis, and he actually had this little nugget because we were talking about Swedenborg. I want to bring this up. So he says that Professor Lutoslavsky Lutoslavsky of the University of Krakow, which is uh, Krakow. I've been to the university. This, um, lighter. I've been to the University of Cracker Barrel, Krakow, Poland. I got that Krakow lighter from Krakow, Poland. So nice. This guy is a professor at the University of Krakow, Poland, mm-hmm. um, and he is a distinguished Polish psychologist and mystic. Hmm. Uh, he was the guest of a professor William James in America in 1907. Yeah, he read the books of A.J. Davis and believed him to be dead man because of A.J. Davis. Was not dead yet. Right. Um, this is now. Here's this like little interaction here. Okay, and, uh, you'll see why I want to bring this up. This guy he says when I assured him that Doctor Davis was alive at the time, both he and Professor James were astonished. Then Pro- Professor Butoslavsky said, "I must see him. I would rather meet him than any man in America." It's hmm. a terrible accent. I'm sorry. No, sorry. Right. I'm, I'm good um, with it. 
So I made an appointment with Dr. Davis, and two days later, I took Professor Rudoslavsky to the little office in the rear of the store on Warren Avenue and introduced him to the man he would rather meet than any other man in America. Which, by the way, that's something I didn't mention in our first episode and something I should tell you about with uh, Dr. Davis, Andrew Jackson Davis. He moved in his later years, he moved to Boston, mm-hmm. and he actually owned and operated a little bookstore. Huh. That he lived at. He lived in the back of the bookstore, and he had this little bookstore where he, as an old man, was just That's doing cute. his thing. That's he cute. also would, like, people come in, and be like, do you have a cure for my little cough? And he's like, oh, yes, let me tell you. Let me look, let me look at you with my third eye. And remember, he's like 80 at this time. And do you want the new Stephen King book? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the cure for this is uh, mm. for you to go home with copious amounts of books that you will purchase. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love. I, okay, now here's a great interaction. They looked at each other, Professor Lotoslavsky mm-hmm. and Andrew Jackson. They looked at each other for a moment as they clasped hands, mm. just stared into each other's eyes. Yeah. Then Professor Lotoslavsky exclaimed, "Why, you are Wiedenborg. Oh, yeah. He done knew. And he, Andrew Jackson Davis's response. You ready for his response? Yes. He says. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Dr. Davis, in a most offhand way, he said this, as he turned to place a bottle on one of the shelves, because he had little mm-hmm. medicine bottles, Professor Lodoslavsky was speechless for some moments, and they stood there looking, this guy who's recounting all this, he stood there right. looking at them both to see if they were joking, but no, they were both very serious and silent. Then the professor said, How long are you going to remain with us? I'm like switching nationalities mm. Mm. every time I talk. Andrew Jackson Davis said, Let me see. <laughs> As he looked thoughtfully about the little room, I have chores enough to do that will take me about three years. About three more years, and then I'll be ready to go. And he went on arranging his bottles again very calmly. And the professor didn't understand what uh, chores meant. Right. Uh, so he said, well, he has work to do still. Mm. Three more years of work. And then the professor said, so you're going to leave us in three years. And Andrew Jackson Davis nodded his head and said, mm. yes. Now, here's what's so interesting. This happened in 1907. Andrew Jackson Davis died in 1910. Three years later. When was this where crown <laughs> brought to light? When was this brought to light? Yeah, yeah I'm not really sure. Mm. <laughs> Um, hmm. But what do you think of that? So was was Andrew Jackson Davis the reincarnation of Emmanuel Swedenborg? Remember, he's the guy. Yeah. Swedenborg is the one that he met in the astral graveyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's the one. Yeah, because that's a little interesting because at what point would have that had taken place? You know, because uh, he met him when he was supposedly in his own body. Well, what happened to the OG Andrew Jackson Davis at some point? He would either had to have gave housing to this other spirit in his body. Well, hey, how about this? Mm-hmm. Let me put this on to you. Andrew Jackson Davis, his third eye had just woken up. Mm-hmm. He was still 18. Right. Fresh yeah. faced little kid. Yeah. So his <laughs> 18 <a> little kid. <laughs> but his uh, third eye was awakened at this moment. Then he had that whole fanciful flight out into the mountains mm-hmm. where he ran into it and mm-hmm. made Swedenborg and all that stuff. So is it possible yeah. that Swedenborg slowly inhabited and they slowly melded into one being? Mm-hmm. The more and more that Andrew Jackson Davis, his third eye opened, the more and more 
powerful his yeah. clairvoyance became. Yeah. Um, Swedenborg inhabited. Are you asking me? I'm asking <laughs> you. What do you... Um, well, of course, I don't believe in reincarnation. I do know there are some counts of um, stuff that might not be as easily... There's some strange things, like if you look at uh, Saul, King Saul when he goes to the Witch of Endor, and he calls upon the the uh, well, she, the witch, he says, uh, bring up Samuel that I might speak to him. And it says that he, she conjured a familiar spirit. Now, some people think that it was a demon that was risen, that was, uh, or, you know, brought to that, that, I guess, seance or whatever. Some think that it was actually Samuel, the spirit of Samuel. I don't know. That seems a little, I, I, I kind of would, I don't know why God would allow that necessarily. Mm-hmm. But then again, who knows? You know, God does some strange stuff. Um, works in mysterious ways. Works in mysterious ways. To say that um, that A.J. Davis was demon-possessed, probably not. Maybe delusional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, I remember, too, a lot of people accused him of just plagiarizing Swedenborg. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, mental illness was definitely popular, you know, like, it just what didn't have as many... So you think 80-year-old, by the time he reached 80 years yeah. of age, he was just so into his own thing that he just now saw himself as... Right, yeah. As Emmanuel Swedenborg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? Like, he... Yeah. yeah I mean, what year is this again? 1907. 1907. Oh, so it's like... Yeah, no, that for sure he could he could believe anything, <laughs> anything at all. Again, he's eighty years old at that yeah. point, and he's been also again he has been going at this thing since he was eighteen. Right. That's, I mean, that's a full life of mm-hmm. spiritualism, mm-hmm. and he's popular. He right. gained a lot of notoriety. He he's had people say yes to him. He's mm-hmm. never really he didn't have that pushback. Yeah. You know. Right. He, he was one of the forerunners of all this. Again, though, like I said in the first time, you know, when the first episode we talked about him, I fully believe, unlike some of these people, I fully believe that he fully believes what he's right. putting out. Yeah. I think that he is fully invested. I don't think what he's doing is a hoax or a to him. Out. Yeah. I think that he fully believes everything yeah. that he's doing. Right. And I like, I mean, I do believe in a spirit world and stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of the stuff that they do that seems yeah. very fishy. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like for their sake, best case scenario is their fake and get. Because that's not the kind of stuff you really want to mess around with. Right. Well, what it, could, it, could it be a situation, though, where he's has good intentions? Because he mm-hmm. does. Now, I will say, mm-hmm. again, about Andrew Jackson Davis, and he has some questionable uh, mm-hmm. things that he did does in his life. Mm-hmm. Basically, all, all centered around his yeah. marriages. Right. Um, nothing else I can really see that he's ever done that was like controversial. Yeah. As far as like, right. You know, moral, morally. Mm-hmm. But he preaches a very much just all about love and mm-hmm. acceptance and, yeah. you know, things like that. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird place, you know, because mm-hmm. he is, I do also think he's, for the most part, is coming about things from a pure of heart. Yeah. As far as like, I think he wants to help people. Right. I think that he, thinks that he is helping people. I mm-hmm. think that he thinks 
And in many ways, maybe he is helping some people because right. some maybe some people do become better people by hearing mm-hmm. his stuff. You know, because I'd rather a a I'd rather a good hearted spiritualist than a uh, bad person. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like I I take that mm-hmm. over someone who's right. you know just is like a, a racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think he's in going in some good directions. Mm-hmm. And then another, he takes some weird turns. Yeah. The fact that he, <laughs> the fact that he doesn't believe in phrenology and like right. black people are, <laughs> yeah, he's inferior. Like, yeah, yeah that's uh, yeah, good, good, good on, on you for that one. Good on him. For I that. mean, and he's, I, yeah, he I would label him as just like a false prophet. You know, and he so, does think himself as a prophet. Yeah, it, I like that. Anybody who who, in my opinion, doesn't teach, um, you know, salvation through Jesus Christ, that would be. I don't know. They just, I mean, like, they might do good or whatever, but it's not like, you know, that's not the ultimate goal, you know. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's a very tough, it's a very tough, uh, (laughs) tough Mm -hmm. call. Yeah, right. Uh, And it really does depend on, yeah, your um, religious Mm -hmm. and not even fully... Not just religious, but even just like particular denomination or particular, mm-hmm. you know, like there's so many ways to interpret and to look at things. Mm-hmm. Really right. A lot of it, this just does depend on, on your personal views. And I think we as a podcast aren't going to expound on that too much more. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did also just want to say that he also in this, uh, this Nandor Fodor <laughs> pointed out that Andrew Jackson Davis, at one point in time, this is a totally different... At one point in time, he said... He said that... Andrew Jackson Davis said that... I am almost moved to invent an automatic psychographer. Which is a totally new term I've never heard mm. before. That is, what he says, an artificial soul rider. It may be constructed something like a piano. One brace or scale of keys to represent the elementary sounds, another in lower tier to represent a combination, and still another for a rapid recombination so that a person, instead of playing a piece of music, may touch off a sermon or a poem. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what he's... Hmm. I don't know what this is. What is he is. measuring with this thing? I don't know. I, that's <laughs> Nandor Fodor then says, Had such ideas been submitted by a scientist... The later inventors might have been accused of plagiarism, but Andrew Jackson Davis, the Poughkeepsie Seer, was a shoemaker's apprentice. Up to the age of 16, he received no education. That's not true. Remember, he had mm. that Quaker yeah, education. Yeah, he did have the Quaker He education. taught himself. Remember the Quaker he's, education with him a, and that ragtag gang of little snarly-toothed kids. He's homeschooled. Well, not even homeschooled. He's just schooled. <laughs> he's school of hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> he never worked, did he? No. Well, yeah, he did. What did he before do? he was a spiritual? He's a. He Remember, was he worked. He he was a shoemaker's apprentice, shoemaker, and he was uh, worked as a grocery clerk mm-hmm. and a farmhand. And then he made his money after that, just going to these. Uh, then he became a trance reader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went into trance and started. Yeah, he was a physician. And yeah. Then, yeah, he started. He could remember he had. X-ray eyes. Yeah. Where you yeah. look inside of you. Like, X-ray oh. third eye. Yeah. Mm. Anyways, let's get back to the book. 
Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. What's a good one? Ooh, the case of, or the cause of haunted houses. Mm. That sounds juicy. Let's get a little spooky. Let's bring Halloween back. The cause of haunted houses. The question is, there is a port in town that a particular house in the vicinity is haunted. Sometimes there are startling sounds, as of a cannon, as of cannon halls being, sorry, they have some spells. As of cannonballs being thrown and rolled about the floor. Occasionally voices are heard as of people in a merry mood, etc. Now, sir, can any reliance be placed in such reports? Is there something besides fancy in tales of haunted houses? His answer. Of course there are stories of haunted houses that have no foundation in truth. Perhaps this, the report referred to by our correspondent is one of them. But we have positive knowledge of houses that have been haunted and so absolutely that no family could be induced to dwell within their walls. Not far from the banks of the Hudson, 15 years ago, we entered a dwelling which was said to be under this mystic spell. Took some pains to ascertain its history. So this is, he's like, this right here is the the origin story of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally built by a southerner in a rival. Okay. You think somebody him. approached him and said, Are you Zach Bagan? Not in town. Wait, is Zach Bagan's the reincarnation of? Not in town, down the road. Hmm. Okay, so yeah, then he just really goes on the whole thing about uh, his own personal, how he, he solved hmm. the haunted he house. Solved, he solved the haunted yeah, house? Yeah, you know, how he did really... he solve it? Did he, did he meet the spirit in question or something? Well, he said... Well, for one thing, he says, it is well to remember that the human world and the spirit world are interblended and inseparable. Hmm. That's the first thing. He said that this room of this house is a psychical medium. The room is, and the manifestations are attributable to the presence or influence of persons no longer in the terrestrial body. Hmm. So that's a lot. So let's, I'm really wanting something off the wall. You know, he does talk about the Cock Lane ghost. Ooh. What's, so, okay, let's, since we're on ghosts, let's talk about the Cock Lane ghost, which I actually think I know. I think I've heard about that before. I think it's a ghost in the UK. I think there's a street called mm-hmm. Cock Lane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds British. I'm like, I'm going down to cut line. Is it true? As I have somewhere read or heard that Dr. Johnson, the great philosopher, believed the cock lane ghost story. Answer. Yes. Dr. Johnson was too much of a philosopher to doubt the evidence. Hmm. He further says they had a lively recollection. Philosopher and then evidence. Wait, I'm so confused. I feel like a, a philosopher would much more likely question it then be like, oh yes, I undoubtedly have to agree with that. Yeah, I thought that was a whole philosopher is to question everything. It's a philosopher; they think about stuff. <laughs> Anyways, he further says that he had a lively recollection of his mother calling him Sam three times in the night after her death. Such evidences, he says, might help our skeptical minds, as we could not have had too much evidence of the immorality, immortality of the soul. Dr. Johnson was philosopher enough to see... There he goes again. Was philosopher enough to see that there was everywhere a blending of the known with the unknown. To probe the mystery and to dissipate the doubt of judgment was his characteristic effort. Yeah, okay. 
here we go. Okay, so Grady, again, do you have mm-hmm. anything um, hmm. on the cockhorn ghost? No, no, no. Do you have anything? <laughs> do you have anything uh, that you want to ask him? Oh, ask him. Yeah. Ooh. Well, here's a good one, but maybe maybe you want to know this. Maybe you don't. But yes. spirits wear clothing. I've thought about it all day, actually. Um, do spirits wear clothing? Did the body... Let me guess. Spirits don't have bodies. bodies. While engaged in the perception of the... This is the answer. Mm. Garments suitable for the dress of the spirit body, had there been any, would have reflected themselves upon our vision. Mm. There were no habiliments worn with a spirit body, and hence it was raised naked and unconcealed, just as you and we were delivered into this world at the moment of birth. The query regarding the power of spirits to pass unimpeded through a house, wall, or a solid substance is answerable in many ways, because this is a question also asked, can a ghost just go through a wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, spirits can travel through all substances by reflection or by vision or yeah. by extemporaneous energy. That's something about Andrew Jackson Davis I don't think I've stated before. Um, it's well known that he would make up words to better mm-hmm. fit his needs. Yeah. Makes sense. I don't know if that is an actual word or not, but he did do that. Yeah. And did people call him out on it or something? Or they well, were just I like, mean, what does that mean? And he's like, let me explain. Maybe he got, I think it's that. Because his own hey, urban dictionary. Let me say this. William Shakespeare made up words to fit mm. his needs. And he's a genius. And those words became part of the English vocabulary. So there you go. Andrew Jackson Davis. Mm. Shakespeare of his time. He is many things of his time. Yeah. He is a he is a Renaissance man. Uh, there is one seer or one spirit who asserts the power of unembarrassed penetration through material <laughs> bodies. There are ten <laughs> seers as many spirits who will, from a superior, more philosophical plane of discernment, testify directly for the decision above expressed. Okay. And then he goes on: Why do spirits appear on, in earthly dress? And that's a whole. Um, they're not regulated by common laws, and, and uh, yeah, they. I think they're just trying. To, I think he's getting answered that spirits just to expert, show themselves as what we would be comfortable. Oh, see, or, or our oh. minds uh, see them in a. In a yeah, because I was waiting on like a yeah or no. He doesn't really like to give yes or no. Okay, he likes to right. extrapolate um, endlessly. Right. <laughs> And about maybe not even the subject that you even asked about. It's many times, no, he does not <laughs> like to talk at all about um, what you wanted to know. Um, huh. Let's see. Well, do you want to hear about free loveism? Free love, yeah, absolutely. Two seventeen. I... Here we go. <laughs> free loveism. That's what it says. Uh. Free loveism and spiritualism. Question: In all sincerity, I wish to inquire whether spiritualism cannot be separated from the doctrines of free loveism. Answer: We have never been able to detect any connection between the theory of spiritualism and the so-called doctrines of free love. The two are essentially different, both in their facts and in their teachings. The former, spiritualism, is a beautiful science. Mm. A beautiful science of future individual life based upon mm-hmm. countless monumental facts of undoubted intercourse between human beings and the spirits of the departed. Mm-hmm. This is 
Like he's got his buzzwords nailed down. He's he's a good politician. I think so. I think yeah. This, Honestly, because I mean, look at this. I just want you to see that. That's the question. Uh huh. Yeah. That's his answer. Yes. Yeah. He, he would. He is the perfect guest to have mm-hmm. because you can just ask him one simple thing. You can be like, "So, what'd you eat for dinner?" He'd go on for five minutes. Yeah. Because he, it's not so much about the food that I partook in. It's about, more about the experience of the dinner. And what does the dinner mean? The atmosphere around the, the dinner. The air that was upon it. It was uh, so much that it transported me to Summerland. Mm, yes, sir. The uh, vibrations I felt from the pepperonis from maybe <laughs> past life the goat might have had. <laughs> So now he says, free loveism is a social theory entertained and practiced by persons both honest and dishonest that conjugal love between the sexes should be regulated by affinitive inclinations only. Mm. That there are a few openly avowed free lovers. I love this, just free lovers, free free loveism. Yeah, that's very funny. We're also spiritualists in belief. We do not for one moment deny, but we have repeatedly affirmed as susceptible of every proof that spiritualism is not responsible for the existence of free loveism. So he's he he's not a believer in free love. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought he. I thought he. I. Hmm. No, he's not a. He's not a. He doesn't like free love. His, he says we, have, he his... says we have many times urged our objections to the doctrines of free lovers. They know full well that we do not fellowship their theories, and that much of their practice we unutterably abhor. Yeah, I get it now. I get it because he, because if somebody was a free lover, that would mean they were single when he got with them. (laughs) No, it must cost to take. It must break your previous vow of marriage. Well, the only way. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, here's a. I just flipped the next page. Here we go. Value of the marriage ceremony. Mm, oh, yes. Question. Here's the actual question. Is sexual intercourse ever justifiable except for the purpose of procreation? Oh. And has the marriage ceremony anything to do with the righteousness or sinfulness of sexual intercourse? Mm. His answer. What person is submitting a question to Andrew Jackson Davis like that? Yeah, right. Like, where is your life at this point <laughs> that you're needing to go to Andrew Jackson Davis yeah. to ask him that question? Yeah, right. Well, uh, okay. Answer. It should be constantly remembered that mankind, while passing from the inferior kingdoms to the high elevation of true manhood, mm-hmm. manifests all mm. of her <laughs> Manifest all the varieties and excesses peculiar to transitional situations and conditions. What does that mean? I hear your question. I'm going to say some words. (laughs) Maybe talk in a voice like this for a little while and maybe bring my voice down low. Um, Here's another question about uh, marriage. Human hybrids. Oh, let's let's see what he thinks about CRISPR. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not even going to get there. No, I'm not even going to. What the it the, it the the 
the headline question is amalgamation and human hybrids. Mm. The actual question is about black and white people. Oh, okay. So we're not going there. I thought he was a champion for the for the for the. Yeah, but uh, the the question in itself is the most oh. racist thing I've oh, read in a I... long time. Oh, okay. Um, and I bet he doesn't have a very cut dry answer, does he? It goes on for two pages. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on for two pages. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Because I'm, kind of, I'm wanting to see if he, if he um, hypocrisizes himself here about marriage. That's what I'm kind of searching for right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, you know that he, we know that he does. He, he you know. broke the vows three times total. Yeah. And my theory is if you've done it, if, if you've left your wife for another married lady, I'm going to say there's probably been uh, more women in between those. If I'm just <laughs> get, taking a wild guess. Yeah, no. Because I... he, he's actively looking. <laughs> Even <laughs> while he's married. So I'm... that's like, yes, all right, I will take it. I'll trade you out for you. So I did see, too, that he his last wife... Mm-hmm. Okay, so she divorced her husband in yeah. July of 1885. Mm-hmm. She and Andrew Jackson Davis got married in August of 1885. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah. Um, also, I did see something that he had a daughter. And huh. I never could find out, like, information about mm-hmm. his kids. But he wrote something about, like, how... I can't remember where it was I read it, but it was like his daughter came to him asking him some question. He's like, oh, my girl, let me expound upon this. <laughs> um, See, one of those those uh, people on uh, Facebook or Twitter who lie about what their kids say. Like, my son came up to me the <laughs> other day and asked me, Dad, why is there so much e- inequality in the world? And I looked at him and said, you are so smart. You are so thoughtful. <laughs> I do love those. those he said maybe it's because people, they do not have love in their heart to spread that to their fellow man and to look at things from a different perspective. And I just sat there and I weeped because my five-year-old had a better understanding than these bigots. <laughs> <laughs> Always a political hey, statement. <laughs> do, you want, do you want another political statement? Yes, please. Here we go. Question. What was the spirit of the people of the free states when the mm. southern states rebelled? Mm. Yeah. His answer, the American government, with its imperfections, is the best on earth. Amen. Proudly stand I can up next Ziggy to A.J. Davis. Well, at least I know I'm a spirit free. There ain't no doubt I lose. Summerland. Summerland. <laughs> God bless you, AJD. <laughs> well, that's um, one thing I can agree on with Andrew Jackson Davis is we got us a, a good country. Mm-hmm. Amen. And now he, yeah, he loves, he loves um, USA. He loves USA. USA. He loves the Star Wars drops. I want to bring that back. There's too much hate going on for USA. Anybody who doesn't like the USA can move to Canada. I'm just going to make the executive decision. You can go. I'm just kidding. I'm going to America, too. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. leaving this world. 
He has a long, <laughs> um, and he's got a long thing about spiritualists in the army and navy. Oh, <laughs> um, hmm. man is man through all history. He says, "Yeah." Okay, we gotta. Okay, I gotta find something really good. This is <laughs> getting. He his his oh, he he does not <laughs> his answers him. don't <laughs> don't attribute uh, for good dialogue. No, I'm sorry. No, you're all right. Maybe was this a so, was this a bad <laughs> idea? Maybe we should do dumbest criminals again. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So uh, he does have a divine law against polygamy. He's very hmm. anti-polygamist. Okay. Um, let's see. Which was polygamy? They're the multiple wives. Mormon. Oh. <laughs> Not all. I thought it was polyamorous. No. Poly- no, no, no. Something else, though. You got a word about the devil. Ooh, the devil. Let's of these. And I shall. Ooh, secret spiritual societies. But, um, yeah. Well, Have you done one on the Freemasons? Huh? Have you done an episode on the Freemasons? No, that'd be too much. Yeah. Now I've got, we've talked about some people who were Freemasons. Oh, really? Ben Allen in Nashville. Oh. Was a Freemason. I need to do some studies but, on them people. I know they're like popular. And they're wild. That live skull of bows. <laughs> one time I had a friend who, uh, <laughs> he said that. He's looking up, like, stuff about the Illuminati on his PS3, and he's like, and dude, it just shut off. He's like, hey, I've been watching It's like, it's so weird. It's like, he knew too much. A 13-year-old boy, he found out too much. I don't know how old he was at the time, but he's probably 16. <laughs> this boy's too close to us. Shut him down. <sighs> you know... I really thought we'd get something better out of this. <laughs> I just think, what would John say? You know? Okay, I just want you to know. I just, do, I do want to. I want to make sure this is on the podcast. I just want you to know that he has a, a, a thing about uh, training and riding horses. Oh, cool! It's a man of many talents. This yeah, guy. that is that is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. How you know, do you train and ride a horse? Well, one when you wake up in the morning and you should taste the air on your lips and you think, where is the horse at that is in question? You must project your feelings upon him. And I feel like that's being a little bit too direct. How can you like make it a little bit more confusing? <laughs> uh, what is that? Simply train a horse. You must first train yourself. In the, the, the telemetry of the situation, of the situation based. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be more confusing. How do you be more confusing? <laughs> he, that is the thing that Andrew Jackson Davis does. Is he, um, he does, he's a master of uh, confusion. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's the meta for a lot of those people. Like, look, a lot of these people can't read. If you say a lot of big words, they're not going to question you. They say, okay, okay. So what you're saying is, I, uh, 
Well, whenever I meet somebody who can read these words to me, I'm really going to understand. Oh, yeah, Squirrel Grayton, sir. True, man. Well, you know, what a shame. <laughs> uh, so I guess, though, um, mm. as far as the answers to ever recurring questions, mm. um, his answers are um, bizarre. And this was an experiment that we tried. And we apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we'll never do this again. Um, I think what would help is if Andrew Jackson... Hmm. Maybe said some words that actually pertained to the situation. I I mean, I know we don't... need to be a little more direct. We're not... You know, we don't know the meta of that time. And it was written in 1868. Yeah, the language is opposite. And honestly, that. there's been a lot of times that I've I've read stuff from like older time periods. And I'm like, yeah, how? What are you even talking about? It's just honestly confusing, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this the quite the queerest feeling of when I saw the the pepperonis again. <laughs> <laughs> the pepperonis bring it back to the pepperonis. Well, so, I do think what we have illustrated here is Andrew Jackson Davis, um, a good, like, how his, what his writing style is like, Mm. uh, what his speaking style is like, Mm. what, um, the type of topics that he was asked about and covered in his his speeches and his lectures. It's, it, like... Some of the questions I definitely wouldn't have thought somebody would ask him. Right. Like, most of them was like, yeah, but, like, the whole, the <laughs> the guy asking him about, uh, what was it, like? The sexual intercourse. Yeah, that was strange. You wouldn't think that that would be on the hearts and the minds of the people, but it was. It was. It was in the book. And Andrew Jackson that was at Davis was the authority on it. That's apparent. That's the what really struck me is he's the authority on so many different subjects. Right. He's really. What's the name of that guy who is the Mormon? Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Yeah, he's like. The Actually, there's a. Um, there was something I was reading um, that was a comparison of <laughs> Joseph Smith and Andrew Jackson Davis. <laughs> yeah. 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 Comparing the two because yeah. also they came from a very similar part of New York. Mm-hmm. Which that's something we didn't get into. Maybe we'll get into another time. But that whole mm-hmm. area of New York was once called the Burned Over District mm-hmm. um, because there had been so many like revivals and different mm-hmm. like spiritual things that yeah. went on in that whole area. And there's like there's countless um, spiritual leaders from yeah. many from like I mean Joseph Smith, Andrew Jackson Davis, uh, even like. Um, Mother Anne and Shakers, uh, and then mm-hmm. they had like some Quaker people, some other like it's just like it's wild how many people will kind of branch out from that part of mm-hmm. New York, like upstate New York, yeah, and then branched out to other parts of the country. It's it's really weird, uh, how that one area, like I, I think I compared it in another, I, I don't know, maybe we weren't even recording this, but it's like how in music you'll get, like, one area, like, grunge mm-hmm. was, yeah. came out of Seattle. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it is like that. It's like, yeah. this, there's a, just a, what, areas of the world can just 
completely mm-hmm. bring about an entire subgenre of something. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, that part of New York brought about the subgenre of spiritualism. spiritualism. <laughs> Um, before we do leave this episode, I do want to mention just a bit about a lasting spiritualist society mm. called Summerland. Summerland. Uh, Summerland, there is a, so I'm just reading from this article here from the Santa Barbara California News Press. Um, there's a, people think that there's this, uh, Summerland complex is now haunted, and it's a side of many ghost mm-hmm. stories. So, Summerland Spiritualism officially established one Sunday in mid-May 1889. Mm-hmm. 1889, and it continues to live on today, albeit now in a colorful church on the corner of East Figueroa um, and Garden Streets in downtown Santa Barbara. The spiritual is called now, this is what it's called, the officially what it's called, the Spiritualist Church of the Comforter. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's, That's what in called. modern day. Yeah. It was relocated to its current location after its original Summerland site was uh, claimed 70 years ago by eminent domain to make way for a highway. So there had been Summerland. The man credited with founding Summerland Spiritualist Community was Henry Lafayette H.L. Williams of Ohio, who had served as a major in the Union Army under General Ulysses S. Grant. Hmm. Huh. We spoke but, about Lafayette on here. Was it yeah, last podcast? Or? Yeah. It was actually H.L.'s wife, Sarah, who for some reason was known as Katie. I don't know why. Uh, who was devoted to the then burgeoning belief in spiritualism. But the, so she was a follower of Andrew Jackson Davis. Yeah. Uh, both philosophy and religion, who eventually convinced her once skeptical husband to adopt uh, Andrew Jackson Davis's beliefs after a seance in which a medium had revealed a revelation about his drunkard of a brother. Ooh. That ended up being true, apparently. Ooh. The spirit said, you better watch out for your drunk brother. He's a menace. He's a drunk. You better watch out. So they, anyways, the story here goes, um, they got this uh, complex where they built a spiritualist society called Summerlands. Which is all based off of Andrew Jackson Davis's, you know, obviously his he's the one who coined the whole Summerland thing, and um, so they had all that going on. Eventually, it um, they actually found oil off right offshore because they were right on the beach in Santa Barbara. They found really? oil, and they were uh, had like became very profitable this place. And then oh. eventually, though, here's what's really weird: is the guy um, he actually died one time by like a storm took him out to the oil and he like fell into the oil or something yeah. and died. So yeah. his his avarice, his greed yeah. killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the spiritual the spirit said, Enough you're enough of your greed now, man. Uh, you're making a mockery of the spirits. So <laughs> uh, so they are gone, but the spiritualist church of the comforter lives on mm. and I have their website pulled up right now. Here's a live look into their website. Mm. Um, now, I will say that their last post was from 2019. Mm. <laughs> so Pre-pandemic, guys. Uh, you know, maybe they're, well, uh, you know. But the Church of the Comforter, here's their story. The Church of the Comforter has been in, uh, in and around the Santa Barbara area since its inception in 1891. The church received its first charter in Summerland, California on January 9th, 1891, where it's the focal point of a small community. And 
the town was divided into blah, 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 blah. Summerland was laughing, we referred to. See, Grady, I feel like you would have been one of these people. Mm-hmm. They, people around town called it Spookville. <laughs> 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 you like, oh yeah, those idiots down there in Spookville. <laughs> you go down there. You gonna go down to Spookville for church? All right. <laughs> people, See usually, you, buddy. Ooh, people usually took the back roads to avoid the odor caused by the oil wells. Ooh, yeah, but that's nasty. There wasn't a lot of uh, was that uh, PPE used back then? <laughs> no, they had uh, close to 200, 200, 300 people attended Summerland. Wow. 200, That's impressive. That's a lot. Oh. Uh, I don't know what church attendance looked like back then, but yeah, I don't I don't know. Hey, they have a nine point um, declaration of principles. You wanna hear it? Yes, please. This is the this is adopted by the National Spiritualist Association of Churches. Okay. Number mm-hmm. one, we believe in infinite intelligence. Okay. That's number one. Number one. And number two. We believe that the phenomena of nature, both physical and spiritual, are the expression of infinite intelligence. Okay? Okay. Number three. We affirm that a correct understanding of such expression and living in accordance therewith therewith constitute true religion. Mm. Okay? Number four. We affirm that the existence and personal identity of the individual continue after the change. The change. The change. Called death. Ooh. It's a change. Number five, we affirm that communication with the so-called dead is a fact. You hear that? Communication with the dead is a fact. fact. Scientifically proven by the phenomena of spiritualism. Hmm. Number six. Scientifically. Scientifically. Proven. We believe, number six, You're we right believe there. that the highest morality is contained in the golden rule. What's okay. the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them oh, do unto okay. you. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, number seven. We affirm the moral responsibility of individuals and that we make our own happiness or unhappiness as we obey or disobey nature's physical and spiritual laws. Hmm. Number eight. We affirm that the doorway to reformation is never closed against any soul here or hereafter. Amen. Brother. And number nine. We affirm that the Precepts of prophecy and healing are divine attributes proven through mediumship. Mediumship. Then they have go on a thing about how the sunflowers, the emblem of spiritualism. They have services. Um, 10.30 a.m. on Sundays are their hands-on healing service. Oh, 11 a.m. regular church service, unfoldment classes. And it says to refer to their newsletter. Um, let's click on the newsletter. Oh, you actually have to sign up. Well, that's that's how get. they get you. <laughs> and that's how they get you. Get. Oh, they do have a donate page. Oh, you can do it. Do you have oh, they have a do URL have to, code. Do you have to sign up for the donate one? You can. You got to use PayPal or Venmo to donate. Oh, okay, Easy but you don't have to sign up for that. No, 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 but yeah. Heck yeah, they even give you links on how to get Venmo. Okay. Oh, and you can follow Spiritualist Church of the Comforter on Venmo at SCOTC93101. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go, guys. Spiritualist Church of the Comforter, if you ever want to go check out their wackiness. Um, actually, them having Sunday services, mm-hmm. that's actually an Andrew Jackson Davis thing. 
I mentioned on the episode before about the Lyceum that he mm-hmm. had with the 700 kids and all that stuff. Yeah. What I didn't realize until later is that that is just, he invented a spiritualist children's Sunday school. Hmm. That's what that was. Hmm. It was just a Sunday service, Sunday school service for chi- for kids. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You're saying all church now goes... No, no, no. I'm saying the spiritualist churches, them having kind of replicating the church and Mm -hmm. actual churches, like Sunday school service, Mm -hmm. all that stuff for kids. That's A.G. Jackson. Yeah, it's an A.G.D. thing. Yeah. Uh, So anyways, I guess that'll do it. I'm sorry. Um, This one kind of got a little... (laughs) Thanks for hanging in there, though, guys. Andrew Jackson Davis... um... We, we've closed the book on him now, I think. You know, out of all the spiritualists, I don't think that he... He's definitely one of the the better ones, you know. He... he yeah, as far as being like... Yeah. You know. He wanted to do good. He wanted to do good. And that's, you know, that's admirable. That is. You know. That is. Some people, you can definitely tell they're doing it for just personal... Um... um Anyways, yeah, that does it. So, follow us on all that stuff. Uh, you know, YouTube, TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, yeah. all that. Email us, rumors, fat by gmail.com. And, uh, see you in Summerland. Peace.